Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup. This is where we round up the week's most important tech, digital and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andide Masugu. Thanks for listening in. Now this episode is somewhat delayed owing to the fact that I attended the IoT World Forum hosted by Cisco in London last week. And uh, look, the week just got away. Uh, This episode will be a little different, though, in that uh, I'll be featuring snippets from two recent conversations I had. The first being with Amin Yusuf, the co-founder and CEO of the Parisian Africa-focused innovation lab Afrobytes Ventures. And the second will be with Etop Ikpe, the co-founder and CEO of the Nigerian vehicle marketplace Cars45.com. Now, Afrobytes Ventures are, of course, the force behind the upcoming Afrobytes conference happening in Paris on June the 8th and the 9th. We are, of course, honored to be one of their partners for the event. And uh, Cars45.com has recently closed a Series A round of funding worth $5 million. So pretty good time to catch up with uh, Etop Ikpe and uh, plenty of interesting things I got to chatting about with both Amin and Etop. So worth sticking around, certainly. And what we'll do is jump straight into it. I'll start with sharing my chat with Amin. Uh, Now, apologies for the poor sound quality on this clip. Uh, but do take a listen. He shares quite a bit of what we can all look forward to in Paris uh, come Afrobytes Conference 2017, as well as some of the inspiration that has gone into creating the platform and what his hopes might be for Africa's tech ecosystem. Take a listen. Amin Yusuf, welcome to the African Tech Roundup. Uh, thank you very much, Andile. Thank you very much. Uh, it's, you know, the Afrobytes conference uh, about to happen just around the corner. How nervous are you feeling right now? Oh, uh, how, how what? Sorry. How, how nervous are you right now? Oh, um, uh, I think that we are nervous because we want it to be a great event. We want people to make business. We want all our speakers and attendees to to get the best return on in, in investment uh so we try to make to to design it like very very profitable for, for them and we also try to connect new people we want you to meet new people we want um, this ecosystem to grow attract new people uh and at the same time it's so exciting it's so fun to have to be in touch with those people and and discuss. I can't tell you how excited I am for two reasons. Not just because I'm going to get to meet you and other amazing thought leaders from all over, not just Africa, but around the world, people who are excited about what's happening on the continent. But I get to be in Paris for the first time. And um, you guys have a new president. You know, the vibe seems right, man. Yeah. And you know that this president, just for your, for your record, uh, when he was younger, he was in Nigeria. No way. Are you uh, serious? He, yeah. He, yeah he, he, was a, he was doing a training period there. He, he, he was a trainee. I think he was something like 24 or something. And he was working there. So he's been there, actually. He knows Lagos. Oh, my word. That's, that's right. When he was that, younger. That's something I totally didn't know about that. Well, I look forward to visiting Paris and uh, uh, certainly getting to meet you in person finally. But um, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Yes, thank you. And we're going to talk about this conference and... And, and some questions I have about it, uh, certainly questions I've been asked about it. I mean, people asking us, you know, as the African Tech Roundup, uh, you know, you know, why are you throwing your support behind this conference and why a conference uh, abroad uh, in Europe, uh, you know, could, why not, you know, throw your weight behind, you know, something happening on the continent, which of course we do. How was this particular conference or let's call it this gathering, right? I yes. think how is this yeah. gathering 
going to be different to say what you hosted last year yeah. and and what are your hopes like going forward uh, actually last year it was our beta version okay right uh, so last year it was good because uh, we could gather people uh, with panels and keynotes okay but uh, um, in a way i was a little bit frustrated because i said okay uh, now people start to talk about the african tech i get the material i i, I have the talks and people can really see in europe that okay we have kind of very good uh, tech um, tech stuff uh, going in in africa but now we will have a lot of workshop a lot of workshop and networking session i will for example i will and what is more important if you talk to me about because most of the people when they do african conference in 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 europe at least they talk about sector they say okay let's make a conference it's africa let's talk about energy let's talk about agriculture let's talk about finance bitcoin <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they never talk about who the people who will receive these services what they say, they say, okay, uh, the, the middle class in Africa, uh, this guy, uh, 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 according to the World Bank, gets from $2 to $20. Okay, that's done. We don't want that. We want to be a human-centric conference. So we're going to start to talk about the African consumer. We will have those discussions with people um, like uh, Kenfield Griffith. You know, he know, from M Survey, he knows something about the consumer, right? <laughs> he uh, might know a thing or two about yeah. African consumers. <laughs> we will have this discussion with Yasmin Kumi from Africa for Foresight Group. We'll have this discussion with Yannick Lepang from Cassie Insights. He's in Montreal. You know, and we will talk about who is the African consumer. What does he do when he wake up in the morning? This consumer, he, he, he gets his smartphone or not? When he go out of uh, of his uh, house, he gets a transport. How can he? How do we get this transport? By bus, by by Uber, by anything else? And when he what's she having for lunch? Exactly. And where, he, where, he, where, he, with whom? And is he sensitive to promotional code on his uh, mobile phone? Yes or not? Does he uh, start to interact in retail with his mobile phone? Do, uh, is he? Does he want to? to go and start to make e-commerce, uh, that he wants e-commerce service. I want to talk about the people first. And after we will yeah. talk about the sector. Because when you do it this way, you start to say, okay, actually we have also uh, very big business in Africa. For, for, for example, we will have um, a panel about fashion tech. Fashion tech is $1.5 billion uh, market in Africa. It's becoming quite interesting. Okay, it's less than agriculture, but still, yes. still it's an interesting business when you are in Nigeria, in Lagos, you can see more and more brands, African brands in design and stuff like this, and people start to want to buy those products from, from Europe or from uh, uh, America, or those guys from the diaspora, they want to, to dress like, you know, yeah. You have so much brands in, in South Africa, so much good designers. We, we, we put that online so we can buy it. I mean, yeah, so the, there, are, there, there is this market. We will talk about entertainment. We will talk about the millennials. We will, have, uh, we will talk about sport and tech. Uh, Trooper is coming. 
and, wow. and we want to connect Trooper with brands because there is a connection. We want to have uh, those discs because sport is a, is a big sector in in Africa. Everybody is playing soccer or or basketball. And why don't we have more and more apps uh, for this sector too? So right. if you start to to start with the consumer and you study his expectations, yes, we want right. we want to eat, we want to have a good health, we want to educate ourselves. But yes, we want also to practice sports. We want also to dress ourselves. We want also, you know, there are so many other fields. Right. So it's going to be a very human centric and we will have a lot of workshop. We will have uh, Excel, you know, the Excel World Bank Fund. Right. Uh, I think that uh, half of the people running this uh, are in the conference. I'm talking about Tayo Akinemi. I'm talking about uh, VC for Africa. I'm right. talking about Rebecca. I'm talking about Lexi Novitke. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to the, the panel I'm going to host. Thank you so much for for uh, giving me a platform. You know, I, I wouldn't say no. Oh, that's, that's our pleasure. <laughs> it's an opportunity to have good conversation. So I really look forward to engaging, you know, on, you know, some of what we've discussed, you know, this idea of our African identity and, you know, the diaspora and, and how we can start to, to, you know, do some of the things you're talking about, own our own narrative, but beyond the narrative, like act on it, you know? Yeah. So Thank you so much for giving us the space to to have these conversations. I think that's how I think of this this gathering. I think of it really as a, a, a safe place to have important conversations and make important yeah. connections. That's how yes, I see and it. It's, uh, and it's going to be, you know, I think that um, those, those workshops, those meetings, uh, where people really start and sit and start in all their you know, uh, sectors to to build uh, things. For, for, for example, we have we have Ed, uh, Jacobs Edo. Uh, he's uh, the boss of uh, digital transformation at the Open. That's interesting. Those guys in sure. in the oil industries they want to make their, their digital tra tra transformation. That's really interesting. I want to learn that. I want to learn that. I want to understand how big oil money yeah. is is thinking about disruption and is thinking about climate change yeah. and, and all the and other all the other things that are are, are impacting yeah. the at industry. The, at this moment, we are we are we, we are all in the process of finalizing the workshop. But for the moment, for example, I'm 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 working with people in IoT. Yeah, because IoT can make business with oil companies. Because we have to know when, when we have to turn off, you know, <laughs> the thing on our mobile. <laughs> it's, uh, so we have so many things um, interesting in... Uh, so we will have pro probably also a workshop, uh, even if it's not on the whole program online, but we are working intensive, intensively about that, about IoT. So basically what I'm hearing from you is if anyone's thinking that we're not going to cover certain bases... Please think again, because you've looked up and down the continent, looked at what, you know, what's popping, looked at what's potentially popping, looked at some of the brightest and most brilliant individuals who can speak to those things. And you're bringing them together to have these conversations, to share their knowledge. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. listen, all I can tell my listeners right now is Afrobytes.com. If you want to get a taste for what the program looks like, it's constantly changing because, you know, as you heard, um, Amin is constantly enriching it. Yeah, we are. Just check out that lineup. It yeah. speaks for itself. Many, many thanks to Amin for sharing those insights with me. 
Now, Amin has a fascinating story. I taped a whole hour with the man, but unfortunately, as you heard, the audio is fairly glitchy. And um, yeah, I'm not, we just didn't feel it did justice to his story. And, and so what we will do is re-record an interview with him when I'm in Paris and then put it out in its entirety as part of the African Tech Conversation series in the coming months. So hang on for that. Nevertheless, here's the second conversation I'll be sharing with you today. It's with the serial startup founder uh, and CEO of Nigeria's latest e-commerce startup sensation, Etop Ikpe. Here it is. Etop Ikpe, welcome to the African Tech Roundup, man. Hey, thanks, Andili. Thanks so much for having me, man. Uh, really good to be on the show. Really awesome to be here. <laughs> ah, I'm sure it is. At a time like this, sir, you're riding high at the moment, aren't you? Series A closed. Congratulations to you and your team at uh, Cars45.com. Ah, thanks so much. Um, you know, I mean, some of these things, uh, uh, it, 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 this is kind of where the real work begins, right? So, uh I think uh, from, from, from our experience, you know, it's really about double, doubling down and delivering on, on what we promised. And uh, that, that's pretty much our focus. It's uh, just creating the value that we've seen and uh, being able to develop the market um, as much as we, we believe it has the potential to do. So I put my neck on the block last week on the show. I shared with the listeners the reason why I'm bullish on your startup and, what, and its potential is because I think it speaks, and correct me if I'm wrong, and... and uh, to me, it speaks a lot more directly to a real pain point, you know, that, that people are experiencing. It, it doesn't feel as much as a, as a solution-chasing market, right? It feels a lot more organically, hey, come on, every other person I know in Nigeria has ever had to buy a car has experienced the pain point your business addresses. Hence, I'm pretty certain it should do quite well if you guys execute correctly. What do you, what do you make of my, my sense of this? Um, I think you're 100% spot on. Um, I think the key, uh, and this is, uh, in, in, in a way, this is where I think a lot of, uh, a lot of people kind of uh, miss out on the kind of opportunities that are available. Um, and, uh, and for us, it's really just looking at, you know, an area or, or, or an industry that has a lot of, a lot of potential um, in terms of, and I mean, not in terms of just the market. The market already exists. You know, cars have been sold for years. And we, like you mentioned, everyone pretty much has a big problem around, uh, you know, how they do this. And if you look at the kind of people who uh, regularly, uh, you know, the kind of people who own cars in, in, in Nigeria or in Lagos, and when it comes to and, 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 and what they do on a regular basis, you know, how they spend their money, um, where they go, what they read, you know, and then when it comes to selling their cars, most of them are being forced to basically deal in a segment of the market that they normally would have no kind of interaction or business dealing with. And that shows that there's a need to sort of bring in a lot of professionalism, um, a lot of service quality, um, and, and, and basically bring in a lot of transparency into, in, into the industry. And I mean, it's not easy, it's, it's not pretty, um, but it's valuable. And, 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 and that's pretty much what, what, what we're after, creating value. What are we talking in terms of the funding you guys landed for your Series A? Um, yeah, I, I mean, you, you mean in terms of focus? Oh, no, no. In terms of like, what did you land cash-wise? Oh, five, $5 million, basically. $5 yeah. Put us into, in, in context, what sort of runway does that buy a company like Cars45? Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very different um, from various industries. Um, but I think for us, uh, it's anything that would basically take us to a position where um, we're more or less, uh, we've more or less covered, uh, you know, 
we're, we're in every major city in the country. Um, we're in every major town in the country. We're a household brand and name. Um, and our plan is to basically achieve that in uh, the next 18 to 24 months. I think there were expectations made or generated about five years ago, perhaps before that, a little after that. There was a huge bullish drive towards Nigeria being the next big thing in terms of e-commerce. Certainly, it was expected to lead the market. You guys had this huge population. The adoption of the internet and and mobile seemed on the rise. It just seemed like e-commerce was going to be this huge thing. You know, Rocket Internet, of course, sinking millions into startups in the space through Jumia and that massive group of companies. What did we all sort of get wrong in terms of our enthusiasm for the scene? And, And what do you think was accurate in terms of what people projected would happen in the, in the space? Okay, so I, I think um, first thing, I'll focus on what was accurate. Um, and what was accurate is very obvious, right? There was, there's been a huge adoption. Uh, it's become a mainstream product for most people. Um, so people who have used it haven't gone back. Um, we've begun to see a lot of verticals and a lot of other um, sub-businesses. The logistics industry is, 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 is becoming much more mature. Um, you know, there's also a lot of the development around that space. There's a lot of development around payments. So you can see like e-commerce has then led to a birth in payments, you know, so, 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 so the, it's, it's basically stimulated the entire ecosystem. So I think in terms of is there a potential there? Yes, of course, that has been answered. Um, you know, is it, and, and is it growing? Yes, it's still growing. Um, so, so I think on the other end, right, um, number one is, it, it, in Africa, um, and, and, and I say this across, and I, and I don't think it's different from any, any, any major industry in anywhere, anywhere across the globe, um, it's always a, you know, a long-term game. Um, and I think the big mistake was a lot of people assuming that you know, with the kind of challenges and infrastructural problems that we had, um, it was just going to be an overnight success without necessarily any kind of changes. And sometimes some people, if you look at it in context, right, Jeff Bezos has been at the helm of Amazon for 20 years. Um, you know, and, and if you look at the first seven years of the Amazon business, um, there was a rise in the share price, uh, you know, after the first four years. And then post uh, post.com uh, um, post crisis in, 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 in late 90s, you know, the shares tagged and it didn't take, it took almost another, you know, five to seven years before you began to see a rise in share price. Now, all what you've mentioned in terms of Jumia and Conga are literally four or five years old, right? And, and, and looking at it from that context, and let's even bring another industry into perspective that has, that, that has uh, done a lot in terms of, you know, kind of development and delivering on the promises. Um, in, in Nigeria, we look at the telecom sector, and, um, of course, uh, companies like MTN, uh, Airtel, uh, Globalcom, all had a huge role to play in kind of... Det- the, the, everyone knew there was a huge potential. There were a lot of people that weren't, uh, uh, you know, kind of connected to any kind of uh, telecommunication system. And so there was a lot to do in terms of developing the infrastructure and basically being able to deliver value um, in, 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 in the company. And, I, I mean, MTN started in Nigeria in 2000, 2001, 
And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but at, at, at least from what I know about two years ago, they probably declared around uh, a $1 billion profit, you know, from... Uh, there or thereabouts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, and So it, I think the difference, though, Etop, you have to admit, is that we were sold that expectation. The public and indeed, I think, fans of or casual observers of Africa's tech and even innovation scene didn't manufacture this enthusiasm. It was promoted quite, you know, heavily. This notion that things would happen and things would happen fast. And I am not... I'm not anti-enthusiasm. I just, on the show, people come to expect a, a fair deal of pragmatism, right? Where it's like, there's no doubt that we are this amazing potential as corporately as a continent and of course individually as various markets. But I, I do feel like sometimes agendas get in the way of getting true insight to, to people who are looking for it. Yeah, and I, and I completely agree. But I also don't think that... Um I mean, Nigeria hasn't had, uh, you know, we, we haven't had um, a worse uh, economic situation like we've had in over 20 years. And that happened to be at the very nascent stage of e-commerce development in, in Nigeria. And, and so that also had, I think, that for me, that's a, that, that, that's a, that had the largest part to play in terms of the... Uh, of the you know of of the decline of the the perceived decline in industry and that that's basically the consumer index. There's not one industry in Nigeria that didn't see a decline over the last that hasn't years. taken a hit. Yeah, everyone from the auto industry, every yeah. single business has every single business has taken a hit. So um, I, I don't see how it's possible for uh, you know a consumer-based industry to be immune to something that like that. And 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 the question is. Um, you know, uh, where, where, where the judgments need to be made is basically if we begin to see an inclination in the economy, which is beginning to happen, will that cascade across the e-commerce uh, industry? And, and one key thing I said is, look, it's, it, isn't it quite funny that, you know, regardless of what happened, you know, very, there, there wasn't any major e-commerce company that actually shut, shut its doors or, or basically folded up. So regardless of how difficult it was or how, or, or how challenging it was, Somehow they've all been able to get through um, th- through the difficult situation, and I think it's been a great time in terms of innovation. And you've seen a lot of changes across the board. Um, so, so, so I, I mean, look, I mean, we we have seen the likes of Groupon sort of turn tail, you know, and basically admit defeat and that kind of thing. And I, look, to me, this is this is it. I like what I'm hearing from you because there's this admission that the businesses being built in the e-commerce space these are future plays. On many levels, um, would you agree at, at very least that, for example, despite all the advances we're seeing in fintech, mobile money, e-commerce, even mobile adoption, I mean, we still trail the developing world in terms of the levels of adoption that make the addressable market substantially as interesting as the developing world. And in a sense, we're getting there and we will get there. And in many, in many respects, you know, Okonga or Jumia represent uh, the, the type of well-capitalized e-commerce platforms that are prepared to wait it out. Except that's not what we were sold at the beginning. I realize that now, looking at it, that's my analysis of the situation. But that's certainly not what, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of uh, sort of, uh, you know, VCs and, and, and investors looking on were being to- sold as a story. Um, I, I mean, I, I, th- I think without the economic recession, um, you would have kind of seen that same level of, uh, you know, you would see, I, I don't think there would have been any kind of, you, you, wouldn't have, you would have seen any kind of growth dialed down across the board. No, I, I think you would have seen that sustained level. Um, but I think if you look at sort of like the Indian uh, space, right, and you look at like Flipkart and, uh, and um, 
you know, SNAP deal and what's happening there. I think in terms of sustainability, um, all models would eventually have to have changed at some point in time and, and certain things need to have been done. Um, of course, for the market to have scaled as quickly as it did, a lot of money needed to go into basically building out the awareness and offering all sorts of incentives to customers to, to, you know, to basically adopt the model because we're trying to get a lot of people in. Um, and I, I, like I mentioned, I think you know, the, the economic recession you know, and, and that largely affected even a lot of other countries across Africa it had a large, a large role to play. I think without that, you would have seen, would have seen a lot of growth. Um, now, is this growth, would this growth have resulted in um, you know, profitability? Maybe not. Uh, maybe just sustained growth levels. Is that what we're seeing across the, the globe in terms of what the investors are looking for? No, everyone is now beginning to demand for more value. So I think regardless of what happened, even if the growth was sustained, at some point in time, every, you know, the, the, the ecosystem itself would have had to you know, kind of uh, face up to realities. So whether it happened then or it's happening now, it's, uh, it, we would all have to be at the same conclusion eventually. Many thanks to Etop Igpe and good luck to him and his team at Cars45.com. We certainly wish uh, his company and certainly the e-commerce scene in Nigeria all the very best. Now, to listen to my conversation with Etop in its entirety, head straight to africantechroundup.com, head to the main menu and click on Quick Tech Chats and listen to the whole thing. You'll certainly find it worth your while. Now, in the next day or two, you can expect a bumper episode of the African Tech Roundup, chock full of all the latest news. It's certainly all the highlights uh, from Africa and beyond. It will feature, as promised two weeks ago, Musa Kalenga, who is now set to become a regular feature on the show every fortnight, as well as an extra special guest from Kenya, uh, one of Kenya's finest digital heads and arguably one of the most connected individuals in East Africa. Well... Who is it? But you'll have to find out by tuning in. However, for now, thanks again for listening in and do take care, Africa.